Welcome to church, guys. If you're new around here, I'm Pastor Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at the Bridge Goldsboro. I'm so glad you're here today, and I mean that sincerely. We're starting a new series today called Fake News, The Lies We Believe. And we're going to be talking through this series about things that we have just come to believe simply because the world says it. Uh, things that, in all honesty, even the best of us, given the right set of circumstances, will kind of start to believe. And the goal is, during this series, uh, as we go through this, is, is to begin to recognize these things in life, uh, these sayings, sometimes it's ways of life about us, um, and begin to recognize them for the lie that they are, and actually begin to, to look at them uh, through a different lens. And the only way that we're able to do that is through looking through the lens of truth. And we believe that the Bible is the supreme source of truth. So in order to recognize the lies we believe, and I'm not simply talking about Krispy Kreme donuts and that they're good for you, what I'm talking about is certain things in life, and we're going to talk about some of them, but in order to recognize them, we have to have sort of a lie detector mentality, right? And we have to look at the, the world through a biblical lens, have a biblical world view. Until we look at it through the lens of the Bible, the supreme source of truth, then we're always going to be subject to maybe even possibly believe these lies and, and act on it. Today, we're going to talk about the idea uh, of self-reliance. Have you ever heard this phrase, I got this? How many of you have ever said that? I've got this. I've got this, man. Step back. I've got this. Hey, girlfriend, I've got this. I don't know if you've ever said it like that. I just kind of came out with that right now. But it's, it's the I've got this mentality. If it's, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I, I kind of determine my own fate. I can get in there, and I can, I can work hard to make it happen. Um, nothing wrong with that sometimes. I heard somebody the other day who, who was studying for a test, and they studied up really good, and they were, they were talking to me about it, and, and I said, are you studied up? And they said, yeah. I was like, you got this, <laughs> you know? Um, but the idea that we can just go through life and completely depend on ourselves. Um, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Have you ever heard that? And we, we tell our kids that. But I think we leave out an important element when we don't incorporate the truth of the Word of God in it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. How many of you remember the song, uh, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. All right, go ahead. I think about it every night and day. All right, that's enough. The, the word, the message behind that song is, I've got this. I can do this. Have you ever said that's like that something in your life? Uh, I heard a guy one time, he came up to me and he said, you know what, I'm done smoking cigarettes. And this is a, a buddy of mine who had smoked for a long time. I, was, I said, really? He said, yeah, man, I'm done. He said, I just had my little girl. He said, I've been thinking a lot lately about it. God's burdened me. I want to live. I want to be here for my little girl. You know, my health, I can feel myself not like I was. He said, I'm done. I was like, all right. He said, I've got this. I said, okay. All right, that's good, man. I said, you mind if I hold you accountable? He said, yeah. I said, all right. So a couple weeks later, um, I, I, I see him, and I said, hey, man, how's the, how's the cigarette thing going? He said, man, it's doing great. I haven't had one all afternoon. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, that's good. What happened to two weeks ago starting? He was like, man, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm like, to be sure, uh, it is. Do you know what one thing that I've learned about human beings, myself and everybody in this room that's breathing air or anybody listening to this that's, that's breathing oxygen, is that we all have a fail point. We all fail. We all get to the point where our willpower is gone and given the, uh, the, the certain amount of time or given the right set of circumstances or both, we fail. 
And it can be something as heart-wrenching as an adultery, or it can be something uh, as seemingly simple as quitting a diet whenever it gets too hard. But the fact is, is that at the end of our willpower, no matter what we're trying to do, is a failure. If you're a human being in the room, just lift your hand up and say, at the end of my willpower, I fail. And if you're, per if you're perfect in this room, then that doesn't apply to you. But if you would be willing to say, I'm not perfect, that means you have a fail point. We do. It's in with every single one of us. And the problem is, is that we easy, easily believe the lie that we don't sometimes. We walk through life and we feel like sometimes that we can just do it all, especially when we're feeling good, especially when we're, we're feeling good enough to say, I've got this. I've got this marriage thing. I can, I can do it. I think every person in the room has been to a point where they're saying, I don't have this marriage thing. I need, to, I need help. We, 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 we go through life like, I've got this. I, I, I can do this. And, and maybe even we admit we're not perfect, but we approach life sometimes as if we are. We, we face worry and we face stress that throws us for a loop. And we think, if I can just keep going, I'll be okay. If I can ignore that, the pain and the hurt enough, if I can sweep it under the rug enough or keep myself busy, then, then I'll be okay. And we say things like, if, if, you know, if, as long as I earn enough money, then I can do it myself. Or if I can stay motivated then I'll be able to keep up this pace at, at my work. If I can just be what my husband or wife needs for me to be, then I'll, I can have a happy marriage. If I can come up with the answer on my own, if, you, if I can just get enough time by myself to think it through, you know, then, then I can do it in my own strength. Here, here's a fact. I want you to hear me clearly when I say this. Life, everybody say life. And w whenever you just said that, your life and the things that you go through went into your head. Life will always outweigh our ability to keep going in our own strength. The only question is, how long can we go before we're consumed? That was so good, I'm going to say it again. Life will always outweigh our ability to keep going in our own strength. The only question is, is how long, it's different for all of us, can we go until we're consumed? Some of the greatest people in the Bible knew this. They, they did. There was a guy named Paul. His name was Saul initially. God changed his name to Paul. He became one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived, if not the greatest. God used him to start many of the churches in the first century when the church was just getting started. Uh, God used him to write a lot of the New Testament, which incorporates a lot of the teachings that we have today on how we're supposed to be as Christians and how the church is supposed to function. Um, he, he did all this stuff. And, and one of the things that we learn about Paul by reading his writings uh, is that he admitted he was also a human. <laughs> he admitted also that he has a fail point. And I just got to say, this is a guy who had as much power of God in him as anybody that anybody could ever know. And yet he says, I fail at times. I'm a human being incapable of failing. In fact, in a letter that he wrote to the, to the church in Rome, uh, in chapter 7, verse 18, he said, and maybe you said this too, I, I have the desire to do what is good. Has anybody ever said that? But I can't carry it out. He said, I, I got, inside of me, I feel like I want to do the right thing, but, in, but somehow, when it comes to me in my own power, I can't carry it out perfectly. I can't do it in the way that I envision in my, in my heart, maybe in my soul. Do you know what he was admitting? when he said that? Because if we're going to recognize the lie of self-reliance in our world, then it's the first thing that you and I need to admit to, and that is this. We have to admit that we have limited power. Can, can we just agree to that right now and just say, I don't have what it takes to be perfect? My power is limited. 
And some of us have more talent than others. Some of us have bigger personalities than others. Uh, some of us have more of a, of, of a drive than others. But ultimately, it doesn't matter where you fall on that spectrum. You still live under the banner of human. <laughs> you still have a fail point. I have limited power. At the end of the day, at the end of my willpower, I fail. And if, if we don't start there, then we're, we're, we're still lost. We're still believing the lie of, of self-reliance. Because here's the other lie. I have limited power sometimes. I have limited power in this particular area, but in this area, it's my wheelhouse. I'm good at this. So limited power here, eh, questionable here. And, and we have limited power sometimes. That's a lie. As a human being, if you breathe an air on this planet, you have limited power. And we have to start there. Paul knew his willpower wasn't enough. If there ever was a godly man, it was him. And at the end of it, at the end of his willpower, he failed. So why is this so hard to admit? Because I think we would all sit here and go, you know, I, I can admit that. I don't have a problem admitting that. But look at your schedule. You're burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> how, how do you sustain that? Because we say we have limited power and we say it's not hard to admit. But at the same time, we, we're doing things in life that suggest otherwise. Thinking we have what it takes to sustain the pace. Others need to look at the stress and the worry of our lives. We, we look at it and we look at the things that it, is, it have caused. We, we look at the worry. We look at the stress. We look at the things that we're going through. And I just want you to compare that, the, the amount of stress and worry, to how often you seek God. Because if you have a, a mountain of stress, if you have a mountain of worry, if you have a mountain of things that you're going through in life, then how come the only time we seek God is a drive on the way to work? Or maybe even at the meal time before we eat and we, we say a quick prayer, or maybe it's just a quick thought. Uh, you know, if, if, if you are in emergency mode, then why aren't you acting like it when it comes to seeking God? Because what's happening really without even realizing it is we're trying to do things in our own strength in another area of life and we're leaving God out with the unwritten rule that we're not even conscious of, that we're trying to do it ourselves. I've got this. Where, why do we believe that? Why is it that, that we go through life thinking that? You may not even realize that you're, you're coping with some type of human ability when your world's being rocked by sickness, maybe with you or somebody else. Maybe your marriage is in trouble. And yet the only time we're seeking God is this small, menial amount of time. And our, our devotion time with God, it, it looks like something very small and maybe a Facebook post of Scripture. And I'm not saying any of that's wrong. But I think the amount of time you seek God needs to be equal to or more than the amount of stress or worry or hardship that you're under. Otherwise, we're believing a lie without even realizing it, that somehow we can get through it in our own strength. You can't live like that. You're trying to survive on your own doings when you replace the power of God in your life with religious activity. And if we don't admit that we have limited power and fall on our faces before God, then we're going to be satisfied just being associated with him and we'll never see a need to depend on him. You got to say, I, I, I'm tapped out. God, I, I have limited power. I need you. And, and you may not even feel like you have the desire to do that. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about God? I'm just being honest. I'm probably the most real pastor you, you'll ever meet. Have you ever thought about God and just religion comes in your mind and you're like, I don't want to have nothing to do with it right now? 
I, I don't. I, I just, I, I don't want to think about church. I need my marriage fixed. Or I don't want to think about the Bible. I need this, somebody to heal my family member. I need someone to heal the cancer inside of me. I, I don't, I, and we think about God and we think it's just this, some hopeful, wishful thinking. And we're like, I don't even have the desire to go there. Am I the only one that's ever thought that way? Because if I am, then I think there's another lie that we're believing, and we're all sitting in here going, I've never thought like that. But the fact is, is that we're human and we have. But there's this interesting scripture that Paul, this guy again, Paul, he's writing a letter to the church at Philippi. It's the Philippian letter, chapter 2, verse 13. It says that God is working in you, and he's giving you the actual desire to obey him. Don't you love that? He even understands that sometimes we don't even have the desire within ourselves to go to him. And so he says, when you come to me, I, I will give you the desire. And I'll give you the power to do what pleases me. When you feel helpless, you got to admit, I have limited power. And God begins to make up the difference between your ability and what needs to be done. But it starts with you saying, I can't do it. It starts with you saying, I'm empty, and God begins to fill you up. It, it starts with you humbling yourself and admitting that you can't do it on your own. So the first thing you have to do is say, I've, I have limited power. Can we just say that out loud together? Maybe you just need to hear yourself say it. I have limited power. One, two, three. I have limited power. I have limited power. Second thing you have to do seems simple enough, but I have to believe in God's limitless power. You know why that's tough to actually do? Because that sounds like a great concept that we've heard, but we don't know how to actually really internalize that and know it. I mean, when I say God has limited power, we'd all say, amen, he does. But what does that look like in my life? How, how do I get to the place where I'm empty and I can believe that? How? I want to give you some insight. First, the Bible says this. The Bible says that creation displays his power. So when you go outside today and you look up, the Bible says that it actually will speak to your spirit and display God's power in your life. Look at Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. It says, the heavens, say the heavens. Heaven. Not just talking about somewhere where angels fly. He's talking about the sky and, and the stars and everywhere you look. They declare the glory of God, and the skies announce what his hands have made. And day after day, they tell the story. Night after night, they tell it again. I think we just need to listen to the story they're telling. I think we just need to, to hone in. It says that every time we stop and we observe the sky and we observe the stars, creation all around us, we're hearing it being announced that God is majestic. We're hearing it being announced that God's power is more than, than we could ever even imagine. And I want you to think about this. That scripture verse was written thousands of years ago, long before we ever knew the complexity of the cell, long before we, we ever knew about the earth and how big it really was. You think this is just an ordinary day? This was written long before they knew that the earth was spinning 1,000 miles an hour and hurling through space at 67,000 miles an hour around the sun. You think this is an ordinary day? Right now, we're spinning 1,000 miles an hour. You feel that? No. You want to know why? Because God's awesome. That's why. 67 miles an hour, we're hurling through space around this huge, giant star. And we're so far away from it, yet it's hot outside. <laughs> I mean, this is perfect balance. They, they didn't know that back then. They just knew that when you look up and see it, it announces God's glory. This is long before we ever knew anything about the vastness and depths of the ocean and how deep it really is and how small we are, not to mention that God spoke and it all came into, be, into being. That's power. But we miss it because we're so focused on ourselves and we forget sometimes to just close our eyes and then open them again and look up and take a deep breath. And then 
after all that was written, Jesus comes into the world, the Bible says, at just the right time. And then Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, so we know about God's greatness through Jesus. All of God's power was displayed through him. The Bible says that he is the image of the invisible God. We can know God the Father through Jesus Christ. And he begins to display God's power through nature. And we can read about it in the Word. You know that once Jesus calmed down winds and waves and a big storm just by telling it to sit down and shut up? People all around him were scared to death, and Jesus just, stand, just sit, be still. And the thing just completely died down, and, and people around were just... Who is this man that even the wind and the waves are obeying him? One time Jesus spoke to a tree and the thing withered. I mean, just power over nature. And then Jesus displayed God's power over sickness. Thousands, who knows how many people were healed physically whenever nothing else could heal them. One lady spent every dime she had on doctors for 12 years and just touched Jesus and in faith she was healed. People at the point of death and even dead, Jesus begins to heal them. Deaf people, mute people, sickness, lame, diseases. Jesus spoke a word, sometimes touched them, and they would just be healed. I mean, one time Jesus went to a funeral or saw one passing by and spoke the word, and the guy got up out of the casket. Now, wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> you know, I mean, how many funerals would you like to go to and see that happen? Ultimately, Jesus displayed his power over death by the Spirit of God coming into his life after he really died and Jesus was raised again. Power. You know the difference between Jesus and every other person that was raised to life? Is that they all had to die again. Jesus is still alive. And we're waiting on him to come back for us. That's our hope, guys. The, the power of God displayed through Jesus Christ. His limitless power is displayed through creation. All you have to do is look up and see it. You can see it right now. And through Jesus Christ, the very image of God, we, we can't even begin to imagine the things that he does. How, how can we imagine how he created the earth? I mean, I, I can't even make the earth that looks decent with some Play-Doh. I mean, I just can't do it. I was trying the other night, and it just looks like a blob of mess. But yet God spoke, and here we have all this, all this, this beautiful earth, these, the vastness of the ocean, the trees, everything that he created, you and I. We can't begin to imagine how nature obeys him can you ever go to the beach and you're looking at your, your, somebody on the shore and just this wave comes and knocks you completely over? It's like a little teeny little thing and yet God made the whole entire ocean, <laughs> commands it. The Bible says that he says, this is your boundary, this is where you can come and, and you don't go any further than this. He, he does that. We, we can't imagine how Jesus healed people that couldn't be cured. We can't imagine, we can't even begin to think about how a dead person gets raised to life with the word of God. And what's amazing is that limitless power that we can't even begin to imagine that he displayed in all those things, the Bible says lives in us. His power lives in us. Well, that's crazy. But when we admit our limited power and we allow ourselves to be open to God and empty, the Bible says he displays his power in us. Paul, the guy I was telling you about, wrote another letter to the Ephesian church in chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, God can do, what's the word? Anything. He can do anything. You know this. And it says far more than we could ever imagine. We can't imagine how he does the things he does. We can't even begin to guess or we can't even begin to imagine or even think about requesting these things in our wildest dreams, it says. But he does it by working within us. We have access to the power of the Almighty God. And I think sometimes we miss that because we're so focused on, I've got this. 
I've got this. I can do this. I can do it. Why do we, why do we depend on ourselves? Whenever we have the power of a limitless God, we, we depend on the limited. Paul ran into some trouble and some circumstances in his own life. He was always on the go. He was always lacking resources at times. Sometimes he was actually beaten and persecuted because he preached and believed in Jesus Christ. And he was explaining this uh, to one of the churches in a letter, and he said, you know what? Sometimes I've gone with no food. How many of you are going to eat lunch this afternoon? You know where you're going to eat, even if it's some beanie weenies. I mean, you're going to get your tummy full, right? Some of you are a little better off than that. That's good. Either way, we know we're going to eat. Paul said, I know what it's like not to have food. I know what it's like to go into hunger, the kind that, you know, makes you angry. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and days on end, I know what it's like to be hungry like that. He said, I know what it's like to be naked. I know what it's like to not have clothing. I know what it's like to not have my essential needs met. I, I know what it's like. He says, I know what it's like to be in need. But he goes on to say in, in this Philippian letter, I, I, but I, I know what it is to be content in whatever situation I find myself in. How, how many of you are, are just maybe discontent this morning? Maybe the, some of the life situations you're going through, you're just waiting for something to happen. We, we sang the song, I'm waiting, God, for you. I'm waiting. And some of us, we're just, we have this attitude like, God, I'm, I'm waiting on you. And I just got to tell you, it doesn't feel good, God. I, I, I'm waiting on you to do something. But how many of us would be honest when we're saying, God, I'm waiting on you to do something, but I'm really keeping you at arm's length until I've exhausted all my resources? Paul said, I, I know what it's like to be in need, but you know what? I found contentness in whatever I go through. In Philippians 4.13, you probably have heard this. He says, because I can do everything through Christ. Who gives me the strength? I can do everything. Say everything. I don't care what the need is. I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if your marriage is in trouble. It doesn't matter. I mean, I care. It doesn't matter to, to God or, or to, to really, uh, it shouldn't matter to you where your finances are. As long as I have Christ Jesus, because I can do everything who, through Christ who strengthens me. It says whether I'm going through a good time or whether I'm going through the valley and it seems like just hell on earth. Jesus' strength will get me through in a way that betters me. Not just lets me survive it. He will actually better you. So when you're on the other side of it, you're actually a better you. He didn't say, I'm never going to be in a bad place again. He didn't say, once I believe in Christ Jesus, all my problems go away. He said, I know I'm going to face trouble, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, I've been in all kinds of bad situations, situations where my power was completely gone. But Jesus got me through. I've been hungry. I know what it's like to be naked. I know what it's like to not have enough. Why do we think that if we're in need, then the reason is because God isn't present? Why? Why do we do that? That's a lie. His power is limited. Why do we feel like when we're in need that the reason is because God isn't present? Paul had this issue at one point. He had this struggle. Maybe it was a temptation. Maybe it was somebody persecuting him. Nobody really knows. But the Bible says it was a thorn in his side. You ever heard that? You ever called somebody else a thorn in your side? Well, he had this thing and, and he pleaded. The Bible says with God three times, I pleaded with him, take it away from me. Maybe you're there. God, I'm pleading with you. Please take this away. And God says something pretty amazing. He says this, in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, he, each time he said no. <laughs> I mean, if it was so bad that this man of God was pleading with God, why would God say no? 
We plead for God to heal our marriage. We plead with God, God, restore my health, restore my loved one's health. We plead with God, Lord, meet my financial needs. We plead with God, you, you fill in the blank. And when God doesn't seem to be doing anything to fix it, we think God's just not there. Paul pleaded with God at the place where he had absolutely nothing left in his own strength to deal with this. And God said, no. Why? Let's keep reading. God said, but I'm with you and that's all you need. And I'm just going to admit to our human self, that sounds like a load of crap. Can I just be real? I don't need you to be something feely good. I need you to fix this, God. Let me just level with you guys. It doesn't feel good whenever God doesn't meet the needs that we feel like he needs to meet when he needs to meet them. You know what that tells me? It means it's not about feelings. God said, no. He said, all you need is me. He says, my power shows up best in weak people. <laughs> we don't typically say that. And then Paul said, hey, if that's the case, if God's going to show up best in weak people, then I'm going to boast about how weak I am. <laughs> I'm going to be, I can't wait to be weak. He said, I'm glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. Listen, God's power is revealed at the point of your failure. God's power is limitless, but we got to come to the place where we admit, we admit that I'm limited. And when I'm at my weakest point, when I'm emptied out, therefore I have room for Christ's power to dwell inside of me. He not only wants to provide for you, but he wants you to know what it actually looks like. When who's, at, who's the actual one that's providing? Who's the actual one that's doing something in your life? And sometimes you just need to be at your fail point so that you can remember who it is that's doing the heavy lifting. Paul said, I don't even have... You know, the opportunity for Christ to dwell in me until I'm at my weakest point. Maybe you're not at your weakest point yet because you're still trying to do it yourself. Maybe you're holding on 10%, but, but God is saying, I, I, I want you to get to the place where you're done trying to do it yourself so that I can show up and I can show you how powerful I am. So if God doesn't show up until then, Paul said, I'll look forward to my weakest point because then then, that's when Christ's power rests on me. When I am weak, then I'm made strong. I started working out a, a couple years ago. Honestly, I kind of slacked off a little bit in the last, I don't know, eight months. And uh, so I, what I thought I would do is I thought I would show up this morning and embarrass myself in front of you fine folks. But what I have here is I have two dumbbells. I've got a 40-pound and a 35-pound. And what I want to do is I'd, I just want to see how many reps I can, I can pump out. How, how many people are ready for this? Yeah, don't, 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 don't do that. I, I tell you what. I'm, but what I'm going to do, and, and I'm probably going to, I don't know how many I'll be able to do, maybe six. It's going to be under 10. This is 40 pounds, okay? And I'm just going to curl them like this. Now, I know some of you guys out there lift weights. Um, I, I see a couple of guys who are kind of buff, and I just put the phone down. Don't record me, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. Now, whenever you lift weights, you're, 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 you, you got this. You, how many of you guys, you don't walk in going, well, I'm just going to lift weights today. Woohoo! No, you go in, you psych yourself up, right? Come on, guys and gals who do do this. You psych yourself up. So I've got this, and I'm probably, gosh, I'm probably going to be able to do about four, maybe three, I don't, maybe two. I'll be happy if I do one. 40 pounds. I've got this. I need you to help me. Come on, say I've got this. All right. All right, here we go. One. Count it out for me. Two. 40 pounds. I got this. Three. I'm doing better than I thought. Four. I've got this. 
Oh, I don't have it. <laughs> Woo! All right. So here's 35 pounds. Let's try this one. <laughs> this is kind of what life looks like. It's heavy, and we do as much as we can. Maybe we get a little bit, and then, and then in our own strength, it gets a little bit lighter, 35 pounds, and then we go at it again. Come on, I've got this. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Can't wait the second service. I get to do it again. Five. Oh, I've got this. Oh, I've got this. No, I don't again. Oh. Woo. All right, that's me. All right, I've, I've, I've actually got somebody else who can come up here a little bit bigger than I am. Uh, my arm feels like jello right now. Welcome Christian Custer to the stage. How many of you think he can do more than me? Here you go, sir. All right, he's going to do the same thing, but he's got bigger arms than I've got, and we're going to cheer on Christian as he goes. Ready? All right, go. One, two, three. Like nothing. What is this? I'm lifting vicariously through him. Twelve. He's not breaking a sweat. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Don't rock. You gotta sit still. Don't rock them shoulders. Come on, do another one. Come on, you got this. Come on, go. Don't rock. Go. And he's done. Give him a hand. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're doing pyramids today. 35s. Here we go. You ready? Take a breath. Go for it again. One. Come on, count them out. Two, three, four, five. Oh, hold on, go. Come on, you got this. Oh, is that it? Is that it? All right, put it down. Hang out just a minute. Give him a hand. <laughs> Isn't it, this, this is what life looks like. It's heavy. It's, it's sometimes it's like a 40-pound dumbbell, and, and there are people who can do it, and then there are people who can do it better. There are people who, in your life, who you're doing, trying to get through life, you're trying to manage your life situation, and you don't do it as good as somebody else. You just don't. They, they have a bigger personality. They got more drive than you. You give up easier, or you just don't have as big as muscles. <laughs> It doesn't matter what it is. You, you face things in life, and the problem is, is that we try to do it in our own strength, and it's heavy, and then we, we might get a little bit of our, our willpower in there. We might fix a few things, and then it gets a little bit lighter, and we're like, yeah, I can do this, and it drops down to 35 pounds, and then we go at it again. Now, who, who would you say won that? Is it even a doubt? But what's funny is we, we, we count what just happened here with the amount of reps we did, and we completely ignore the fact that both of us failed. Both of us failed. We, we each had a fail point. His was different than mine just because he could go more. But at the end of the day, we fail. And, and maybe you're handling your situation like a boss, and you're trying to do it in and of your own strength. Or maybe you're handling your situation really really crappy, and you just can't do it, and you're just jealous of somebody else. You know what the, the definition of a human being is? Is that we aren't enough, and we all have a fail point. But he says that when we are weak, that's when Christ comes in and does the work, if we're willing to admit that we're, li we're limited, and if we're willing to admit that Christ's power is limitless. 
I don't know what you're facing in life right now, but just like, like this, eventually you're going to fail if you haven't already. But God gave us a solution. He said that he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to be power and strength for you in your time of weakness. Paul said, God, I, I'm asking you to take this away from me. I, I'm asking you, God, to come and help me. I'm asking you to do something for me. He said, then quit trying. You, you're, you're wasting your time. You're going to fail. And he said, he said, my power and my grace is sufficient for you when you're the weakest. What you saw is two guys fail right here. I'm, I'm going to give you this 40-pound weight back. I don't know what this represents in your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's a marriage issue that you're having. You're struggling. Maybe you're, you're broke and you don't know how you're going to fix it. Maybe you're just hurting on the inside and nobody knows but you. And it's heavy. It feels like this. And you're lifting it and you can lift it. And the cool thing about it is your muscles kind of get regenerated. You can come back and lift it a few more times. You wake up the next morning, you feel a little bit better, and so you, you go at it again, but you find yourself failing time after time after time. It doesn't matter how many reps we do, we're going to fail at some point. Pump out a few weights, a few reps there. And you're, this, this is you. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how strong you are. You have a fail point. And you're going to keep going. You're going to keep lifting. At first, it's easy. Then you start grinding your teeth, and you start rocking that shoulder, and it takes more energy and more effort. And you might be saying, I got this, but eventually Jesus is going to come alongside of you when you say, you know what? You're, my power is limited, God, and I need you. And at your weakest point, at your point of failure, he is going to come beside you, and he's going to help you lift that. He's going to help you with those reps. He's going to help you. It doesn't matter with that, that divorce that you're going through. I'll give you the stamina. I'll give you the strength. You can't do it, but I'll come to you when you're at your weakest point. I'll help you. I'll, you, you submit to me that you're empty. Admit to me that you're weak. And I'll come to you. He's at his weakest point right now. He can't lift this if I were to let go. But you know what? He's saying, I need your help. I need your strength. And Jesus is just like that in your life. If you're hurting, he says, I don't just want you to survive it. I'm going to make you a better you on the other side of it. Thank you. I don't know what you're facing right now, but you just need to admit you're weak. You need to admit you have a fail point. You need to admit that I can't do it by myself, even if I look good for a little bit. I have a fail point. We could sit there and do that all day long, the two of us. Even at his weakest point, God doesn't just want you to survive the hurt, the pain, the struggle, the thorn in your side, whatever it is. He wants to demonstrate his strength and his power through you and bring you to a saving knowledge of him and everybody else around you. And by the time you get on the other side of it, you're a stronger, you're a better, you're a closer to God you. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're struggling with, but I just wonder if there's somebody in the room that needs to say, I'm limited, <laughs> and I need your strength, God. I can't do it by myself. You feel like uh, the things I'm filling my life with is just keeping me empty, and you're trying to fill it up, but it's really just, just keeping you empty, and God's saying the emptiness inside of you is all I need because I show up best in weak people. <laughs> I show up best when you're at your worst. And Paul said, I'm going to I'm going to boast in my weakness then. Maybe you just want to say, God, I'm, I don't want to be a weak person, but I know that I'm nothing without you. And so today I boast in my weakness because it's then that I have the ability to let Christ's power rest inside of me. Can I just ask a bold question? Is there any weak people in the room that would say, I need, I need Christ strengthen me? I wonder if you'd be bold enough just to come down here as our prayer team comes. We're, we're just going to pray with you. Maybe you don't want to come down. I, that's fine. I, I hope you will. I wonder if you could just stand with me as we pray together.
During this prayer, you, you can come at any point, and some of our prayer team will, will pray with you. Maybe you're here today, and you're saying, you know what, I, I need to accept Jesus. I, I've, I've, I've talked about Christ. I've been associated with him. Maybe I've heard of him. Maybe I've been seeking him, but I've, I've never actually let God lead my life. And maybe today, that's the decision that you need to make. You want to say, I, I, I want to let Christ's power rest on me because I need him. And you can make that decision right now, right where you are. And I would love to just to say a prayer and, and you make that decision right now. It's not Pastor Ryan's prayer. It's not magic words. But God says, when you believe on me, when you confess that you're not enough and believe in me with your whole heart, he says, I'll make you a new you. Would you let him lead your life today? I'm just going to say a prayer. Let's pray with me. Lord, we're limited, but we know you're limitless. Lord, in my prayer today is that as as you've shown your power and shown, God, just with the illustrations that we use today. Lord, I believe you're touching hearts. I believe you're speaking to hearts. And I pray right now, God, that, that you just begin to speak to people, Father. And, and, and right now where we all are, we just make the decision right now. Lord, there's some people in here that just need to, just need to give up and say, I, I'm weak, I need you. God, and there's others in here that, that are asking you into their hearts for the first time. And if that's you this morning, I'd I pray you pray this bold prayer with me. God, I'm not enough. I'm not enough to fix my own problems in this life, and I'm not enough to make it to heaven because I'm not perfect, but I believe that you are. I believe that you sent your son here and that he is the very image of who you are and that he lived a sinless life despite the temptation and that he, he really died for my sins. And beyond that, he really rose from the grave and he's alive with you. I, I really believe that, and I accept him as my king. I accept him as my leader in this life. And I don't know how all that works. I don't have all the answers, but I know you do, God. And I, I just aim my heart at you, and I ask you to help me. And I want to do everything that I can in my own ability to follow you. I thank you, Lord, for that. When I am weak, that's the moment that you come in and make me strong. So I'm, I'm done feeling sorry for myself. I'm, I'm done having pity on me because of the problems that I face. I'm done looking for other people to validate me. But Lord, I only want to look to you. Show me. Guide me. Help me, Father, as I'm emptied out. And you strengthen me up. So in the name of Jesus, I pray. Can we say amen together?